Welcome to Humans. I'm Luke McCredden and this is episode 20. Uh, if you're new here, by the way, welcome and, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This is called Humans and I'm Luke McCredden. I'm the host. But each episode I'm joined by someone different. All my guests so far have come from all walks of life, but a great humans, great conversationalists, um, have great life stories, inspirational anecdotes and, and in general, just we have great chats and I hope you uh, get the chance to go through. There's 19 other episodes before this one and check some of them out or check them all out. Uh, And also, if you've got Facebook, there's a Humans Podcast Facebook group which you can join, which I'd love you to join. And also jump over to Instagram and humans underscore podcast is where you can follow the Humans page. Anyway, episode 20, I'm joined by Moza. Moza is a comedian and spent many, many, many years on the stage as a stand-up comic. Uh, He's from WA, spends most of his time over there. Um, But in more recent years, he's been on social media platforms like YouTube and across Instagram now and Facebook. And a lot of you guys will have seen him and and might recognise his voice from some of the stuff he's done on the Aussie Man Reviews channels. he and Aussie Man are great mates and they've done a lot of creative stuff together and some of the videos that have featured the both of them doing some commentary um, have gone absolutely viral. Uh, I shared one recently in the Humans Podcast Facebook group which had over five and a half million views or something like that. So uh, very, very funny, very entertaining and um, worth a watch. But in this episode, Mozza and I catch up and have a really good chat about comedy and his sort of story through and journey through stand-up comedy and how it looks today for him as a more of an online type thing and yeah have a chat about some of his ventures into the Instagram world as he puts it and hashtag ask advice he's answering questions from people across social media which is a lot of fun too so anyway uh, Moza's on Instagram at that Moza and you can follow him and enjoy all the stuff that he does so and I just wanted to add um, this episode also features uh, another guest who hasn't yet featured in a humans podcast episode and his name's Albie and he is the um, chocolate Labrador of of our household and uh, I didn't realize he'd snuck around to the side of the room that I was recording in and about 50 odd minutes in um, joins in the conversation. I didn't quite realise until post-production, but so thank you, Albie. Um, that'll be enough from you. But anyway, in the meantime, I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's episode 20 with Moza. It's, um, it's bloody good to see you. It's, uh, it's good to chat to you, actually. You, I've, 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 you know, sort of had a, had a good look at all the stuff you've done online and stuff for a while, and it's, um, I've been hanging to chat to you. So, it's, yeah, it's great to have you here. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, too easy, too easy. So, WA boy, so you're a couple of hours behind and um, like a few of my guests have been uh, over the last little bit doing these remotely, we've been, can we do it once the kids are in bed? I think that's a good call. <laughs> Mate, my um, mini Moz, as I call him yeah. uh, online, is, uh, is he's four and a half and um, it's just a lot 
you know, I know, I know I should have some peace now. It's all about 1am um, when he may or may not do a bit of a patrol of the house. Um, so, yeah, yeah, no, good, good. This is good. the window. Yeah. It is the window. It is the window. And usually it's not a concern. I do up until about three, ep- four episodes ago, these are all face-to-face, which I love to do. Um, but obviously the situation we're in, the world's in at the moment, it's all remote and for indefinitely, I suppose, which is fine. It's it's, it's all good. Yeah, well, it's what it is. Um, I'm very aware of the fact that, um, you know, for those of us, and I don't know your situation, but for, for those of us who have, you know, stable housing, a relatively stable income, or as stable as it can be right now, um, you know, and it's actually not bad. Like, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm an extrovert at heart. I miss seeing people face-to-face. Yeah. Um, it's probably why I've stepped up uh, doing the Instagram stuff and whatever yeah. else, just to sort of get a bit of that itch out to talk to people. But other than that, um, I really like the way things are kind of chill and slowed down. And yeah. um, But, I mean, you know, that sounds like a shitty thing to brag about. It sounds like some middle-class privilege when there are people who are, like, you know, out of work and, yeah, get chucked out of their houses and shit yeah. like that. Yeah, but I mean, it, you know, you can only sort of deal with yourself, can't you? You know, there's not so. Is I think it's natural instinct to concern about, you know, be concerned about other people, and you know, like I'm exactly the same as you. I feel really lucky in that my wife and I've still got our jobs. We're able to work from home. Um, yeah, whereas a lot of people I know are out of work, they're losing businesses. Yeah, you know, it's really shit time yeah, for a lot yeah. of people. So, no, I'm with you. Um, but at the same time, you know, this it, it's unfortunate for for a lot of people. But there's you know not much we can do. We just got to ride it out like the rest of like the rest of you know everyone else. So, um, but oh, absolutely, and you can't carry like you say you can't carry the world's burdens on your shoulders all at once. You can't feel responsible for everyone and everything. But I'm just you know. I just try to be mindful whenever you say anything in even a slightly public forum, like whether it's talking shit on the internet or in a podcast or whatever else. Yeah. I just try to monitor myself that I don't, you know, that if I ever make a statement like social isolation is awesome. Um, and someone's listening, who's <laughs> having the worst freaking time. I just, yeah. you know, no, I get it. I, I, yeah. I get it. Totally. It's a funny one, isn't it? Because, um, you, you really, You do. You find yourself making sure you're saying the right things, but at the same time trying to sound um, genuine because, uh, uh, you know, I was only talking the other day to a friend and saying how I've been really fortunate in in that every guest I've had on this podcast, uh, and and I also put myself in this bracket a little bit, is is a genuine person. I I don't come in here and try and talk shit about um, something for the sake of trying to make someone happy or entertain someone. Um, Yep. But but at the same time, I know what you mean. You've still got to just tread a little bit carefully because it's a it's a, a bit of a touchy society we're in at the moment. Having said that, and this this probably goes into something that you guys have done a lot of is when you're in a bit of a role or playing a bit of a certain character. I don't want to say yeah, I don't know characters too too strong word, but it's almost like you can get away with saying more. Is that a fair call from someone like yourself who's done a lot of online content who? I don't know. Yeah, Do you feel restricted it, when you are in those forums playing a, a bit more of a character? I find I've got to turn off. Uh, you know, if you 
I don't know. If you do it, we all know the situations. If, if you're talking at a funeral, if you're uh, making a speech in front of parliament, if you're doing a corporate comedy gig or something, whatever yeah. the context is, and you're filtering so much, yeah. you know, um, and these days, even with our personal Facebook posts and whatever, we're all worried about cancel culture and all that sort of stuff. But I like, you know, the, the reason I like the Aussie man and Moz's dynamic is, is I like the, I try to keep it as unfiltered as possible. And, and ultimately, uh, I think what, hopefully what people will find appealing in, in me talking shit on, on Instagram, on, on, on the, the Twitch stream, wherever it is, is that they hear that I'm someone who takes a piss out of myself first. Yeah. So I hope even when I am saying something that's, you know, making fun of somebody else, it's hopefully never coming from some sort of moral high horse mm. place of mm. superiority. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and that's—I think ultimately that is the the gospel, according to Moza, that we're all just idiots stumbling our way through life by guesswork. Yeah, and um, so, so let's just all <laughs> calm the hell down, and you know, um, yeah. yeah, mate, it's refreshing. I'll tell you one thing: if if there's some good that's come of the the situation we're in, I this is a personal opinion is that some of the online content and the creators that are doing things now is. As good as it's ever been, it's 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 a great time if if we can say it's a great time, but it's a it's a great time to just have a bit of time to just jump on whether it's YouTube or Instagram or whatever. And and you're a perfect example, mate. You've popped up in the last couple of weeks at a perfect time. You can make people sort of just enjoy a couple of minutes in, in your videos that you're creating on your Instagram page, just to yeah, just to. I mean, the thing with a, a lot of this stuff is. You get away a little bit, and you can just sort of lose yourself in a bit of a bit of silliness online. And and I actually think yeah. it's really important. I think it's incredibly important, actually. My <laughs> the missus and I were having a bit of a barney about it today. Actually, saying you've been on screen a lot today, and I'm like, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, I, I probably you know have a social media addiction as as much as a lot of people do these days. But on the other hand, yeah, I'm just trying to escape and relax, and yeah. you know. Um, take my mind off stuff and and yeah. it's you know i'm i'm, I'm uh, very deliberately chasing content that is not all oh here's the top five things you need to know about the coronavirus today yeah, yeah. You know, like it's yeah. it's um like i want to be aware of what's going on and and mm. how people, the government's reacting i, I want to be in touch with stuff but on the other hand i just yeah i want to i want to park my brain for a while and just enjoy but- stuff but I also think you'll you'll get that info you need. You don't have to look for it. Exactly. It'll come to you anyway. I found myself yeah. early on in the piece making a conscious effort to, um, if I'm in my car, to stop listening to radio and actually turn off the news. I, I just started listening to podcasts or, or just music specifically for the reason to to stop, to stop having that mass um, bombardment of, of all this. And because, you know, reality is there's – one line of, of it coming out that's factual and what you need to know and then there's a million fucking lines of shit that you just don't need to know and it just uh-huh. it actually yeah and it actually it actually yeah. wore me wore me down a bit and I'm I'm not alone. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that felt the same. So it goes back to I guess my point about people like yourself jumping on Instagram and getting on there and doing your thing. It's a it's a it's yeah. it's a great thing to come from it. Exactly. And and what's been nice too is, you know, 
um, with the little vids I've been putting on Insta, for example, there's been a couple that have been a bit of real talk too. Yep. Like there's yep. been a couple where I've touched on some actual stuff. Like yeah. I did one uh, a couple of days ago that, that, you know, was, was talking about domestic violence basically, which is heavy stuff, obviously. And I feel like people are actually, as well as the stuff that I do purely for shits and giggles and stuff that's just fun. Yeah. Um, I actually think people don't mind a bit of universal human Yep. humanity i guess at the moment too you know mm, absolutely. a bit of vulnerability authenticity and so that's uh that sense of real talk right now actually yep. having an open conversation and, and saying oh yeah i think that's because well, i think people are, are we're all well those of us who are anyway social are a bit starved for connection right now absolutely so and so a really good conversation yeah uh, via whatever medium is uh you know is a way of kind of satisfying that for each of us. And that real talk gets lost in all the stuff, I think. Um, mm-hmm. All the all the global news, which, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's important. Like, no doubt, we need this, um, we need to know this stuff or whatever, but you very quickly lose the reality of a conversation about shit that's actually closer to home and real. So you're spot mm-hmm. on. I think, And I think the blend that you've got going on at the moment is actually really good. Um, I did, Thanks, I man. did, I did really, um, I suppose... Or one of the posts particularly grabbed me, and it was it was more about um, along the lines of uh, mental health with what's going on at the mm. moment. You made some mm. great points around that. Um, you you were very honest about your situation as well, mate, which I think was fantastic to hear. And um, and good on you for doing that. Um, mm. But you, but yeah, it's spot on about you know that this 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 full-blown lockdown that people have spoken about, you know, what it can do and the effect it can have on, on people. I think those sorts of posts, as you say, real talk, yeah, that was great. And I think a lot of people related to that and, and liked hearing that, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I, I, um, <laughs> I've, I, I'm very reticent to scroll through the kind of uh, <laughs> the messages on Instagram because, you know, there are some very excited people out there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who just want to be your friend with don't actually have anything to say. But um <laughs> but yeah, no, in response to that one, for example, um I heard from a woman who's also from WA and she just said, Yeah, look, I'm I'm doing lockdown, just me and my son. She said, I've got bipolar disorder like I do and and yep. uh and and um shit. Uh, another diagnosis. Oh borderline personality disorder and she says I am lonely as fuck right now. Yeah. This is all the stuff that I usually do to manage myself to get through, yep. like, you know, all very inaccessible right now yep. because of the whole, you know, the quarantining situation. So, you know, and for her to say, so thank you. And, you know, we had a chat about it and, and it was, yeah, that's a real, that makes you feel like it's a worthwhile thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's good, mate. Good, good. And you've, you're flying along on Instagram. I was just on there before. You've got about 4,000 followers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's all thanks to Aussie man. Um, look at that. That's that's one of the reasons. That there's you know there's there's many sort of creative pursuits I've done, but um, you know the the stuff I, I do with Aussie man because I've got that. I mean, he's done all the hard work. He's made you know fans and followers, and you know mm. he's built a bloody empire. So yeah, I only have to dip a toe into that water, and he just has to go. Oh, Mozzie here doing something, and you know, another <laughs> people go, "What fuck? What's Mozzie doing now?" And uh, you know, so. <laughs> No, it's great, it's just, and it's yeah. it is a good combo. You spoke about that sort of combination before, and it, and it's certainly the one that, um, um, I, yeah, I, I heard. I can't remember the video off the top of my head. There were several, um, but there was one, and I just thought this is a great combination. Two sort of different um, characters going at it, and it just worked. And you know what? For those 
two and a half minutes or whatever it may have been in that video, I thought, this is perfect. This is what the world needs, <laughs> this sort of stuff. Yeah, well, we, we don't have to fake it because I think that Oz and I, we were really good mates and we did share a house for a couple of years. So, yep, like, yep. you know, lived in each other's pockets and we made short films together and we wrote a lot of shit together. And so we got that, you know, we're really tight and we have that creative dynamic and it is like that. Yeah, we don't need to prep. We can just sit down and, you know, talk shit together. And it's, it's um yeah. And it, so it's a, it's a luxury, really. It's yeah. the opposite of, you know, um, there's been elements of the media and, and, and performance and whatever I've really worked in, but, but it always, you know, when I'm doing stuff with Oz, it just feels like, yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> just yeah, feels it just right. feels like hanging out with a mate and trying yeah. to make it, you know, yeah. not disappear our horror and asses against self-indulgence. We just remember there's an audience there and, you know. Yeah. No, no, do it well. Um, I think, and, and just to, I suppose on that, if people are listening um, who might be new at uh, meeting you, Moza, uh, Aussie Man Reviews is something that m- uh, billions of people are sort of following and, and are familiar with. But Billions, you, did you say? Millions, billions. <laughs> billions? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you said billions. But yeah, no, there's a lot of, yeah. There's a, there are millions on YouTube and millions. Facebook and um, yeah, it's big. But I urge people to, if you know, if they're doing a bit of a search through through YouTube or whatever, find some that Moz are featuring because I think it's fantastic, mate. It's uh, and I tell you one oh, thing geez. you did do which which I enjoyed too uh, was the podcast, which was live streamed and, and all that sort of jazz. Um, yeah, that was, that was fun. a lot of fun. That that was fun to it watch and listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and again, um, you know, that's the beauty of doing stuff with Oz. He's very tech savvy, and uh, you know. Um, we had the luxury of having um, Dan, the tech guy there to sort of manage all that with a Twitch stream and whatever else. So, you know, yep. literally just an all care, no responsibility gig for me. I just rock up and, <laughs> you know, sit down and all the, all the work's done. So, yeah, know, good, it's, good uh, shit. Are we going to see that again? Yeah. People are asking for it and I really wanted to come back. <laughs> I keep, I keep nudging Oz and, and nagging him about it. But um, I mean, he had a very good excuse the first hiatus uh, for the hiatus we took at that is his son was born. So yeah, his first child, and that was a huge life, <laughs> all that. But, but it's, yeah, he's just flat out busy. I mean, the thing is, you know, the old Aussie man thing has gotten big enough now that it's, you know, it takes a lot of his time and attention. So Yeah, yeah um, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I really do hope. We are we are seriously thinking about how do we get back to the, to the how do we, in the same way that you and I are doing this tonight, yeah. you know, because so far it's been catching up live. And, you know, yeah, exactly. So and, yeah. So how do we, you know. Uh, how do we do it via a, a remote platform like this or, or whatever? Whoever owns these remote platforms, whether it's Zoom or Skype or whatever, are just sitting back at the moment going, this is my time, aren't they? Oh, my <laughs> Lord. If, if, with all the bullshit conspiracy theories that are out there right now about the Rona, you know, 5G and all, the, all, all these other <laughs> crazy things you hear, if somebody told me the CEO of Zoom, you know, yeah. it up, I'd go, Makes sense. Yeah. Um, that, that, that would actually be a credible conspiracy theory. Uh, I'd go, yeah, no, actually, that, that, yeah, follow the money, that, that works. Uh, I know I, when I started, uh, you know, like a couple of weeks ago and, and everyone was getting onto video conferencing and whatever else, said, I actually, because I'm a bit of a, you can't tell me what to do, and everyone was suggesting Zoom, I went, nah, nah, any platform but Zoom. Stuff is, you're not the boss of me. And, uh, but everyone was using it, and I'm now signed up. I've got a premium buddy pro, you know, I'm, I'm just, I've gone with the crowd. I've fallen in like a sheep. Um, yeah. But, you know, 
Oh, I love it. I, I, you know, I'm doing a lot of work on it and I'm, I'm doing a lot of, uh, I'm making my friends socialize with me on, you know, make it, make it, we eat our dinner while looking at each other. That's it. It's, 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 <laughs> it's stupid, but it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it feels like, it feels like catching up. It is that it's life at the moment. Hey, um, yeah. I was, I was chatting to, um, my wife, Ricky, uh, before this, and she said, oh, who, who's on the show? And I said, oh, Mozza. She said, yep, who's that? <laughs> you know, and I, I, think, I, think, I pl- exactly. think I played one of your videos. And, and, and I said, but I, I guess what I was saying was, um, he's a comedian? Is that, what, is that, is comic, yeah. comedy your thing per, yeah. full time? So yeah, it was my trade for many years yeah. under a different name. Um, I, I, uh, so Moz is a nickname that I've sort of compartmentalised this stuff that I do in because I didn't want to do uh, stuff with Aussie Man and then what's grown out of that under my old kind of comedy name. Not that right. I'm knowing anyone in the wider world recognises a bloody comedian from Perth anyway, but um, <laughs> just because I didn't want to, I, you know, I wanted to be funny and entertaining, but I, I didn't want to be limited to jokes um, mm. because Oz is so damn funny. He's a fast patter guy. Um I thought I sort of saw it like a sporting commentating team thing. Yep. And I thought, so you've got the fast, rapid fire, funny guy kind of calling the play. He's a sporting analogy. I said, what it needs is that kind of the other guy who's doing the, the slow down take, the kind of special comments. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, bit round, bit of insight, bit of real talk, bit of oh yeah, back in the day. And that's the thing. I thought, well, there is a. There is almost like a 15-year age difference or something between us. And I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of I'll play on that, you know. And yeah. um, so long. So that's a very long-winded answer to your uh, very old man <laughs> answer to your question. Uh, but, yeah, so comedies was my trade for years and I made me living at it. And um, act, I first trained as an actor. Uh, comedy was um, uh, a faster way to make money, so that kind of became my thing. But, um, you know, theatre and film, whatever, the love all that as well. Yep. But uh, voiceovers and blah, blah, blah. But comedy was my, my bread and butter, yeah. Hello, Luke here. Just wanted to jump in quickly just to invite you, if you are on Facebook, uh, to the Humans Podcast Facebook group. And if you're on Instagram, at humans underscore podcast. Would love you to come and follow the page. Righto, back to Moza. Yeah, so you still are you still hitting a stage anywhere? Are you doing any stand-up stuff no. anymore? No, no, I'm not. I um. Uh, it's been probably about, oh, shit, uh, what has it been? Like 25 years since I started professionally. Right. And in that time, I reckon I've retired in inverted commas about four times. <laughs> um, and so I'm going to stop using the word retired because I'm starting to sound like John Farnham. Yeah. Um, I've gone back so far four times. So yeah, I do feel right now this might be it. Like I haven't been on... I've done a couple of variety shows, sketch comedy shows. I've done funny stuff in front of a crowd. Yeah. Um, uh, Oz and I did a live show recently to uh, raise money for bushfire relief. Yep. Um, uh, but that's, you know, character stuff and chatting to the audience. But in terms of stand-up, um, I haven't, I've barely done that. Well, certainly not this year and, and barely last year. And it feels right now I'm not in any way missing it. But but I've okay. said that in the past. Yeah, yeah. And and then gotten the itch again. So yeah. who knows? But I I um I thought that maybe now I'm in a position where I've got a you know, I've got a stable job and I don't need it for any income. It could just be a hobby now. Yeah. Um I thought that might get me back into it, but so far I'm not having any. There's there's no day where I some days I think of a gag and I write it down and I go, Oh shit, 
Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's back. Well, I'm, no, it's not. I just thought of a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, is, it, is it possible for uh, – and, and uh, look, I'm not – a, a comic i'm not you know but i have spoken to a, a few of you guys and I, I don't get the feeling it is possible to fully retire i mean you you with a creative mind you'd be as you even just mentioned then you'd think of something even if it's one in a you know in a span of a month you think of one liner and think fuck that could work on stage yeah i'll just make a note of it yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and then before yeah. you know it, you go days. shit i might have an hour <laughs> <laughs> What I've always been is like a frustrated long form writer with a shitty attention span. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, look, if you asked me what my dream job was, I would probably say screenplay, like feature film screenplay writer or novelist or something. And I know everyone, you know, uh, dreams of writing books or whatever else. But, but I, that is my I'm telling stories yeah. like at, at length. Okay. That's my passion. Yeah. And, um, in, and, in, in particular, com- like with a comedy theme or are you just in general? I would more say with a um, – the stuff I try to write long form, and the furthest I've ever gotten to book was like 80,000 words for a band it. So I'm not, you know um, – but uh, the stuff I write has a um, – there's, there's moments of humour in it, but they're yeah. not funny stories. They, they're quite, um, I don't know, stripped back, bare, sort of exposing of human nature maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, I like, I, like, I like to write raw stuff, yeah, whether yeah. that's, um, you know, with, with everything. So like, I, think, I think, you know, yeah, a good story, you should snort out, you know, it's so funny at times. Sometimes you should burst into tears. You should, you yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, and I think naturally you'd probably have we'd filter in humour in there, as you said, anyway, wouldn't you? Just the way you probably think, anyway. What what's? Oh, I think that uh, yeah, you go. What's the what's stopping you from pushing that forward? Um, I think yeah, I think it is an attention span thing. I think um, I think years of stand up comedy. Uh, uh, trained me that because the the beauty of being a stand up comic is you can think of a, a whole new bit. And I don't just mean a gag or two. I mean like a whole new bit, like a 10-minute bit. Mm. Um, and you can write that and play around with it and 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 go to a club that night and try it out yeah. and, and get immediate feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully positive feedback. Um, but you've immediately thrown it out and and I guess a little bit like the internet, you know, yeah. you can just share something and, you know, it, it, it people respond to it or they don't. Um, but a stand-up comedy room is a beautiful luxury in that it's just there's nothing to wonder about. Yep. You know, like in the past, I can remember. You know, I was very into, and I still am. I love Shakespeare. I was into Shakespeare. I used to love doing Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Moza loves Shakespeare. This is a headline. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> oh no, Shakespeare's amazing. Yeah. Um, that was that was kind of my, anyway long story, but I as 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 a as a high school, my dream job was being like James L. Jones. That was my anyway. Yeah. Um. So, uh, but I've been on stage doing like drama, doing like serious acting, yeah. whether it be Shakespeare or something else, and doing like a big juicy monologue and 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 thinking, I think I'm in this. I think I'm acting the shit out of this, but. You don't know with a theatre audience. Usually, yeah. sometimes you can feel it, like I've got them. But other times, you're looking out <laughs> into a dark room, and as a stand-up comedian, you're trained to listen for everything. Yeah, like, yeah. You 
Yeah. Um, and there's been times afterwards where I've gone, no fucking no, that, that, that just died on his ass. <laughs> that was amazing. You're having tears. I'm like, why do you make me fucking noise? Um, because as a comedian, we immediately want yeah. that feedback. You know? Yeah. Um, so, so, anyway. so being on stage doing stand up is a in terms of um, reading the crowd is easier than than theatre like a serious theatre sort of production in that well, sense. I think listening, to, I think a good I think um, in learning your trade as a comic, the the first thing you we're well, not the first thing. No, you need to be able to present and perform, and you need to be able to craft a joke and all that sort of stuff. But mm. what what takes you to the next level up towards being a professional comic is being able to listen to the room. Um, so, you know, you're, so you're, you're dropping out, you're putting your bits out and routines and gags and, you, and you're kind of, you're getting the, the sort of the, the temperature of the audience, you know, is this an audience that mm. like it when it gets a bit dirty? Is this an audience that responds when it gets a bit political? You know, you kind of, you, you throw out a smorgasbord of something and go, oh shit, okay, these ones are really up for having a bitch about topic X or, um, yeah. so, um, so in a sense, you're constantly making kind of offers and then you're hearing what bites, um, yeah. And then you kind of okay, you chase that road. You go, oh shit! I'm sorry. I just, I just, I lost ten percent of the energy there. I'll steer back there and go over here. And yeah. So, yeah, that to me is the whole. Um, you know, I say it again and again to young comics. Your your job is to listen to them. Um, yeah. You know, just just feel everything land or not. Um, yeah. And, and and once you find a vein of connection, just keep going. Um, I always, I always, because I love going. Um, to shows and my wife and I every year go to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, apart from this year, obviously, which was a real shame, <laughs> yeah. a real shame. Yeah. But um, every year we'll go and we'll go to sort of two or three shows, you know. Um, but I always come away thinking, and again, this is with no insight or experience, but I, just as a young comic with no brand or no, you know, mm-hmm. no, yeah, no yeah. people that go to see them have no expectation. You, you go to some shows now – you know you're going to laugh. You're almost laughing before the the the, the guy, the, whoever's yeah, on stage is yeah. talking. As a young person who's unknown, I always just think mm. that must be really fucking hard, really hard. Uh, I think it's – look, some people get very, very nervous. Um, mm. And, you know, there are some people who get into comedy and they're just – the sort of show-offs who want to get up and they, they would be acting the clown at class at school or whatever else. And there are some people who, yeah, who never get over that fear of performing because they're kind of this introverted people and some of the best comedians are quite shy, introverted people until they open up on stage. Yeah. But I think with the, when you, I think ultimately the, the audience members are just as nervous when they're seeing a comedian they don't know. Yeah. You know? Because yeah. they've gone, fuck it, I'll, I'll take a punt. I'll, I'll, I'll give this, you know, this young chick from Brisbane ago and they rock up to the show and they sit there in a small crowd and they go, fuck it, this sucks. How awkward is this going to feel? <laughs> um, like, Because you're right. If you buy a ticket to, you know, someone you know is an amazing comedian, yeah. you buy a ticket to go see Jerry Seinfeld yeah, and you're full of, a, you know, it's an arena full of people who fucking love Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. Then from the moment he walks out, he's got you, you're yeah. laughing, you're already relaxed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think getting past that, and that's what a cold crowd is—a room full of people going, "Is this any fucking good or not? Am I going to mm. feel like a fool for buying a ticket for this?" Um, yeah. So, that's I think what they're called punters, right? Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's important. I I, I love um, doing that though, and and it, sometimes it's worth making a conscious effort to do 
to go and see someone you've never heard of or you or you've certainly you've never seen you may have heard that they've got a show out check it out because quite often uh, you know especially at a decent festival um you're not going to be too disappointed and and a lot of the time you get caught off guard and it might be you know that someone who um yeah it might not look a certain way but they end up being loose as fuck and you just sort of go jesus is what where, where's all this coming from or or you know the opposite yeah. it might be someone who's a bit scruffy looking and just get in and they get really deep into these into these sort of gags that are, are real make you think hard you know I, I just think it's a great art I, I really respect it and like i say we always um get to the the festival every year and just because it's yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a talent man it's it's something that is 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 obviously satisfies an audience, but it's also something that should be respected like highly. Oh, it's just um, I think the truth about stand up as a particular um, art form, and I always call it a trade because ultimately it is just bloody hard work. Mm. I I do believe like like not everyone is born equal in terms of their level of talent at anything, mm. but um, in the same way you know, anyone can learn to play the piano. They might not be Beethoven at the end of it or Elton John, but they, they can learn to play. I do believe anyone can learn to do stand-up comedy because there is, and in one way, comedy is just mathematics. It's just times tables at, at one level. And once you get that and understand the mechanics, anyone can do it. And then all the X factor things, charisma and, yeah. you know, what energy and all those things, you know, point of difference, all that comes to play. But, um, yeah, I think once people, there's a lot of kids I think who see it as something magic that mm. you can either you can do or you can't. You're either funny or you're not. And mm. um, but I think you stick around long enough and you go, oh no no, this is just a job. And whatever luck you get in the business is what you make by it. Are yeah. you prepared to work hard? Are you prepared to die in your ass trying new stuff? Are you prepared yeah. to do all the shitty gigs that no one else wants to get to get your time up to you know? Mm. Yeah, could it be? Co- do you think it's something that can be coached or trained? Like you know, if you just plucked a, yeah, or if you just definitely. grab me, if you grab me for example one day, or not, obviously it takes time. But and went, all right, here's the fundamentals. Um, and once you've got that, you're on yeah. your way. Is it is it as basic as yeah, that? Or not basic. But, and there are know. some very very good. There are some very very good um, people in Australia who that's part of their business as comedians is teaching comedy to others, um, and and. So- Sometimes that might be in a directing type role, like you come to them with a half form show and they kind of work on it with you, or whatever yep. else. Yep. Um, I got a mate down in Tasmania, Gavin Baskerville, was a wonderful comic. He, that guy for me, is the single best teacher of how to write, like just a, just solid joke writing, just how to write a one line gag. You do a one day workshop with him, you walk around just having this innate sense of the mechanics of joke writing, like and and he breaks it down to again simple maths, and so. And there's a lot, and lots of, um, you know, lots of the big name famous comedians in Australia that we could name have, have taught workshops and whatever else. So definitely, mm. it's like, you know, um, where, where did your you know, most great singers or musicians? Where were your roots? I mean, my, where, where, you know, where did it sort of stem for you? Did was it someone that took you under their wing, or did you just sort of think oh, I could have I a crack? I was incredibly fortunate to get started in Perth at the age of twenty with my open mics, um, and I yeah. came along just on the tail end of a very talented. Um, Kind of new generation of young talent out of Perth. So guys like um, Dave Callan and Rove McManus, yep. um, there was a, there was a cohort that came through together, um, and I missed that by about a year. But I kind of came along on the tail end of that and sort of became mates with those guys. And um, 
whatever. So we we had this tremendous sort of um, peer support and a little bit of competitiveness too that, you know, when your best mates are also, <laughs> you know, um, you know, good at it. So you want to at least be on the same footing as them, you know, and, yeah. and, and we were fortunate too in that we had an older generation of comics in front of us who had kind of pioneered the comedy scene at birth back in the eighties when it was a, like a horror show and you had to do all the shit gigs <laughs> and, you know, so by the time we came along in the early nineties, there was a club, um, and, you know, we had quite a, a great place to, so, yeah, no, we all, in a sense, you know, um, well, we young ones had the benefit of the older comics experience and, and then we kind of passed it on as people came down under us. And, yeah, yeah. And, and, and being a town like Perth, it always ebbed and flowed, like, um, unless someone ended up getting married, having kids, putting down roots, everyone's, everyone in Perth's always onto a bigger market somewhere, you know, yeah. it's always <laughs> the move to Sydney or Melbourne or, or London or New York or, yeah. so... Um, there is a constant changing of the guard yeah. and, uh, and the room runners are always looking for shit. I've just lost five of my best headline acts in a year. Like, you know, wh- where's the next? <laughs> yeah. And you're kind of always looking for that. Okay. We've got to bring up that kid cause she's really showing something. And yeah. you know, um, that's kind of hot house her a little bit because, you know, we need to get up and probably she's doing half an hour, you know, instead of 10 minute spot. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's a, that sort of theme uh, happens a bit. I know that was a that was a huge um, thing in Melbourne. There was this huge influx within a, a group of them, and um, they're still the the leaders, I suppose, in Melbourne today of the of the comic scene. And yeah, it's been it's been great. Um, but yeah, smaller towns like Perth and, and smaller cities, I should say, obviously. Um, it's probably is it is it? I mean, is it tricky or is it is there less venues and less opportunity or is there less comics, so it's not as much of a of a of a beat? It's there. very different these days to it was when I started out. Very, very different. Like it was a um, there is enough rooms around now and enough stage time, the the yep. um, and enough comedians travelling through all year round, not just during say during the Fringe Festival or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That the 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 room bookers are not struggling to get people on stage. Not struggling to get good people up. So. It's a lot more competitive now, a lot more cutthroat. You do yeah. not want to piss off that room manager and not get there. Whereas back in the day, we all had an investment in building the scene. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, we, so there was a much more kind of, um, it felt like much more of a community back then. Like mm. everyone, you know, we all had huge egos and that's, you know, and we all wanted to kind of be, you know, the guy, but at the same time, we wanted everyone around us to make it look good too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> um, whereas now, you know, and there is, and amongst the crew these days, they're they're good people. They're good friends to each other. They they you know they love each other and get on well, whatever else. But you know, if you're seeing the guy in front of you, you know, suck balls on stage, you're kind of quietly laughing at him. <laughs> so, yeah, so good it, people. It's a lot. Good people, but assholes. Yeah, 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 no, that's not true. They're not assholes. They're just the scene's different. Yeah, yeah, the scene's yeah. different. There's there's not a um. It's not as, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not like the good old uh, days of, of kind of uh, of wanting everybody to win. Yeah. Now, I'm, now I sound like a sad old man talking <laughs> about the good old days. But, but yeah, um, it was, I'm, I'm probably just too old. I'm probably just too old now. I mean, the thing is, yeah, uh, like it's <laughs> the best room in town at the moment. The room booker said recently, oh, I'm not going to book people unless I see them down here drinking during the week. <laughs> I was like, 
fuck, mate, I'm 46 years old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've got a four-year-old son. Yeah. Uh, and a day, I'm not, you know, I gave up drinking years ago. I'm not going to sit in a fucking bar for 20-year-olds <laughs> like a, like a you know, sexual assault waiting to happen. And, uh, and just, yeah, it's not oh. doing it. So it's just, yeah, I think I've moved on in a sense. Yeah. Like that whole, the Fair lifestyle enough. just doesn't really. Fair enough. Yeah. What what about getting to shows yourself? Like, do you do you enjoy going to see comics live? I'm terrible. I'm the worst comedy audience member ever. Um, I get so um, I have to be in a particular. I enjoy watching comedy on screens. Yep. Um, because it usually means I'm lying on a couch, you know, in my pajamas, <laughs> and I'm just zoned out. When I'm there in the room, something. Um, I catch some sort of that adrenaline of of having done it for so long. Yeah. And I I think about every gag comes out of the comic's mouth rather than just turning my brain off and enjoying it. Yeah. And um, so I'm quietly, unless they're just shit hot, they're just a proper master of the game and they're just surprising me with everything that comes out of their mouth, then I'm loving it. Mm. That's, that's amazing. When you see like a, a truly great comic who's just kicking, killing it, I'm sitting there going, whoa, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, if I'm watching just, you know, a, a half-decent working comedy, I'm, I'm quietly sitting there fucking editing their act in my head and yeah. and, and going, you know, and I'm just going, oh, shit, that was a bit easier. I saw that coming a mile off. And I'm kind of, I'm critiquing it rather than, um, in the same way I go to feature films with my buddies who are filmmakers yeah. and they come out of it saying, oh, shit, the second act turning point is a bit sloppy because, you know, they're breaking yeah. down that level. I do the same thing with stand-up comedy. Which, which is probably um, a natural thing, right? Like that's not probably something you yeah. go consciously in there to do. I'd imagine with no, any I, industry that you're or that you've spent a long time in, um, you sort of naturally have that. I think that's that's probably that's probably true with with most people. I would imagine, especially in the creative space. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it's a comedy experience. But I don't. Yeah, I do not enjoy sitting and watching a comedy show in a live context it feels hyper vigilant to me I'm, I'm too aware of what's going on again yeah. I'm, that listing things turn on for me yeah um and i'm i'm you know i'm the guy who's looking over at the table of um of grumpy middle-aged men that haven't laughed once i'm looking at the comic going have you noticed that table aren't laughing yeah. you, you know are you gonna <laughs> are you gonna acknowledge it are you gonna work to get them are you gonna make fun of me are you gonna do something because it's you know to me yeah. i've got a i've got a fucking siren going off in my radar right going yeah. that's got a that's an elephant in the room. Go there, go there. Like either win them over or, or fucking attack them, do something. So you're still um, you're still wide in, Mozza. You need to get back up there, mate. You're still wide <laughs> in. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But like I say, I don't. What about what about yeah, when you were on stage, it, knowing there were other comics in the crowd? Did that put you off? Uh no. I usually well, actually, I tell you what. If if it, if it's I, a, a, a if a small percentage of the room is other comics, I love it because, in a sense, you're kind of showing off for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, as well as you kind of work in the room at two levels. Yeah. So you're kind of trying to get the audience going at the same time, just pitching a bit of stuff that's, you know, <laughs> doing a little bit of stuff that's just a little bit too clever to, to get the comedians <laughs> kind of really kind of laughing and expecting as well. But on the other hand, you know, having gone and done comedy in the States, some shitty, shitty open mic rooms where everyone else in the room is a comic. Yeah. Um, who wants to, who's there to kind of prove themselves well, and they all hate you and want you to fail yeah. so they can get the opportunity. <laughs> That's fucking grim. Yeah. Um, that sounds horrible. Because, <laughs> oh, it's, 
it's actually the fucking worst. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I've just sat there watching them and I know how they feel. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about me. No. Um, like, yeah, you know, that's a harsh. In the same way I was just. That's a harsh oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely. So, um, yeah, if you perform in front of comics who are your friends, that's great. Yeah. Or if you don't know there's a, um, I think I was just a kid. I was probably in my early 20s when I um, did a thing at the Adelaide um, uh, Fringe Festival and, uh, and, uh, the very young Simon Pegg came up to me afterwards and said he liked the bit that I had this fucking routine about Scooby-Doo that I did a million years ago. And he came up and he really liked it, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really know who, but then he went on to become the Simon Pegg. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was like, what the fuck, Simon Pegg like my shit. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's nice when either someone you don't know comes up afterwards, you're like, oh, shit, you're a comedian now, whatever. Or, you know, or they're your friends, but yeah. Yeah. That idea of here's a room full of comedians you don't know. Yeah. And they're your only audience. Yeah. And they're going to sit there grumpily judging everything you do. Um, so, yeah, so so now with more of your um with now with more of your gear now aimed and and sort of directed online um whether it be with yep. Aussie Man or your Instagram or your own um ventures you're not in front of them as such like you're in front of them while they're on their phones or computers or tablets or whatever but you're not getting yep. that there's there's not as much of that um interaction or or, or crowd for you to read it, that's a different ball game. I mean, is there an approach for that or is it more of a case of just doing it and seeing what the fuck happens? And if you get negative comments, so be it. If you get positive ones, great. Well, it's interesting because, again, um, when I first started doing stuff with Oz, it was kind of guest commentaries on videos. And, again, social media is very quick mm. to um, – uh, and it was interesting um, – because immediately when I first started, because, you know, Aussie Man has such loyal fans. First couple of videos I appeared on, it was um, it was pretty brutal. Like like almost three quarters of the comments that referenced me would go, oh, fuck that guy. He's holding you back, Aussie. You don't need him. It's better without really? him. You know, blah, blah. Yeah, wow. yeah. But then, um, and it, that happened at first a few times. And, 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 I, and I said to Oz, oh, look, you know, people obviously aren't. He goes, no, no, no. No, nah, trust me. People, people are enjoying you. I'm like, fucking, have you read this shit? <laughs> um, but he was right, and he said that look at the positive comments. The people who are complimenting you are explaining why they liked you. Yeah. Whereas the the, the negative comments are all reactionary. Yes. Like, yep. I love you, Aussie. You don't need someone else there, yeah. and with no kind of further explanation. Um, I was like, okay, and then and then he said, no, nah, stick around. It'll work. And so we did a few more. And after a while all the comments started to become positive in a sense. Yeah. Like, and, and it was, oh, we love that guy. We love it. So it was a sense of familiarity at, at first. I think I had to get over that boundary of this is not what we used to. We used to Aussie man's voice solo yep. Yep. commentating a thing. Now there's some other guy's voice in there. Um, uh, and then we did a couple together, which went really big, went like proper viral and that, yeah. you know, changed things a bit too. But then when we started doing the podcast, which was, you know, a live Twitch stream, which would then get released, you know, on YouTube and as a podcast later. But because that was live with Twitch being the way it is, so you've got a, you've got a, an audience who are watching live and commenting directly. Mm. So that felt like crowd work in a stand-up comedy. Yeah. Okay. We could take questions and we could respond to them directly. And then, yeah. So there's always been that, um, that, that sense there. And, and again, we kind of, um, Oz for years has been saying we need to do a live show. He has this thing that eventually he'd like to tour a live show. Um, yep. And uh, which we kind of 
stuck a toe in the water with that as a proof of concept. We did these two nights um, in a cinema, local mm. cinema here in Perth, um, as a bushfire relief fundraiser. And, yeah. uh, and you know, and we had a crowd to bounce off and talk to directly and, and yeah. riff on and, and actually worked beautifully well. Um, and because both, uh, you know, Mozza and, and Aussie Man, both kind of larrikin, you mm. know, sort of characters, it's, so it's totally made for that messiness and looseness of just going, hey, what are you looking at? Like, what's, what's your story? Like, it's just, yeah. it's just kind of there. I was, you know? I was interested to hear how they went, obviously, um, um, being in Melbourne, couldn't go, but w- was watching the build-up and was interested, a lot of people, obviously, they you had no issues sort of selling out the shows, which was a great start, but yeah, the... Um, you know the the stuff you read about it later was was pretty great. So that's you know that's maybe that's the next sort of thing for you. Maybe it's not a direct sort of stand up routine as you've done for twenty years. Maybe it's more of it's almost was it almost a blend of a bit of there was a bit of theatre as well as the sort of in front of a crowd doing comedy type thing about it that, for you. Felt more like um, it did feel more like. Uh, I guess stand up in that it wasn't shtick per se. It was like crowd work, as we yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, okay. But but the, there was no fourth wall, so we're talking directly to the audience. So in yeah. some theatre, you know, it's almost like the actors on stage are pretending. Like I, in great theatre, I love theatre that breaks the fourth wall. You know, that just gets in the place of the crowd, and interacts with them directly. But you know, you watch some theatres very naturalistic, like you're watching a TV show, and you know, yeah. Hamlet's up there, you know, pretending that there's no one watching him. You know, yep. Go through all his emo feelings. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look, I, I so it did feel more like more like comedy than it felt like yeah. theatre in a sense. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, and we yeah did, that's good. Yeah, and a lot well, of that, the show was live commentary too. It's like so, you know, throwing up yeah, those yeah, okay. in the cinema, throwing up on the screen, and yeah, yeah. Well, that that podcast that we spoke about um, obviously launched a. I guess it was a segment, was it the Ask Advice segment, which you're yeah. carrying on and and doing through your Instagram page, which is cool. I think it's it's such a simple sort of a a um, like I said a segment initially, and um, which is literally people just asking you all sorts of stuff, and you're just putting your spin on it, which which I love that. I think that's a really clever way to interact and engage with an audience, and um, obviously, um, but but by the by. To sort of what what I can see from the outside, obviously it is a it is something that's generating plenty of engagement for you. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's uh, I don't I really like it. I try in my day to day life. I try not to be a, a person that gives advice when they're uninvited. Um, mm. I try not to be that guy who just goes around going, "Oh, you know what you need to do to fix your life is this." Mm. But it is a real pleasure and a privilege when someone genuinely asks you, what do you think about this situation I'm going through or I'm struggling with this or whatever. And I do like to be able to go, well, here's, a, here's how I, you know, um, without any agenda or investment of do it my way because I'm yeah. right, but just a, here's how I see it. And mm. and one thing I've done in my life is accumulate a very broad um, range of experiences. Like that's, yeah. that's one thing I've got is the... Uh, you know, is is that, yeah, I, I've lived a life. And so I, I feel that it's kind of, uh, it kind of makes, um, yeah, that's the value of someone I can say something and frame it in a way that's humorous and it's fresh, but it's mm-hmm. respectful and it's, you know, and people yeah. kind of go, oh yeah. Uh, and that, that's all, you know, when, so when you can, when you can articulate something that's a little bit colorful and, 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 and weird and, you know, a new fresh target and someone go, Oh yeah, that makes sense. I love that. 
I yeah. Like when you say yeah. something that's kind of a bit, you know, yeah, left of people go, oh, that's that. That's my favorite thing in the world. I think that I think hearing people's view, and this is this is basically the whole principle of this humans podcast is to hear from people from all different walks of life. And, um, you know, um, a couple of weeks ago I, I spoke with Merv Hughes. Um, and then the other day I spoke with Jimmy Rees, who is Jimmy Giggle, uh, you know, so yeah. fairly different characters, but what the feedback is, and, and that, that's just two examples, but with a lot of these people is that sometimes it's nice just hearing what someone else has to say. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter if they are mm-hmm. Merv Hughes or, or whatever, but, um, sometimes it's kind of refreshing not to have a, and I'll use inverted commas, like a professional sort of advice saying this is how you have to go about, go about mm-hmm. your life or, or whatever, and, and that is imp- that is still important. But sometimes it's nice just hearing, what's what's Moza got to say? Let's hashtag ask advice because you know what? There might be something in it and quite often there's yeah. something that you can take away from it. I um I grew up in the bush um in the northeast Wheatbelt in WA and uh, I was surrounded by a great community of just I'll just broadly say uncles and aunties but and uh, most of them were like my my dad's cousins like this huge extended family and yeah. um I called them all uncle and auntie and and it was so I was I grew up surrounded by these amazing old salt of the earth kind of you know farming folk who who just had an amazing relaxed way. You'd come to them with something that, you know, when you're a kid or a teenager, everything is the biggest fucking deal in the world. The same shit as you're going through right now and whatever else, you know, you've got a, yeah. you've got a crush in the girl, the world's falling down or whatever, you know, all that over dramatic <laughs> stuff. And I can remember, you know, coming out with what, what seemed like a massive problem to any number of one of these people, men or women, and them going, oh, well, the thing is, and just kind of, you know, yeah. sharing an insight or whatever else and me just kind of going, oh, yeah, right. And, yeah. <laughs> and it was such a – and it was never done in this kind of – again, it was, there was nothing professional about it, nothing therapeutic. There was, yeah. no, it was no, never, you know, not like a school guidance council saying, well, the thing about relationships is was, there was none of that. It yeah, was yeah. just – it was, uh, yeah, just this yeah. kind of beautiful, well, in my experience, this. Yeah. Um, and you go, yeah, cool. Yeah, and 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 then the, then you can sort of choose to take away something too. You can go, you know what? That's cool to hear because it's something I haven't heard before. But it's probably not right for this situation. Other <laughs> yeah, times yeah. you sort of go, "Fuck, I hadn't even thought of that." You know, and yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So now it's cool, well, man. Love... And go on. No, I was just going to say, I, I love an opinion that's shared humbly. I yes. love an opinion that comes without arrogance. Like I reckon this, but you can take it, you can leave it, fucking whatever. Yeah, um, like yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So, so the ask advice thing is under the the Moza character, so to speak. But, but it, yeah, yeah. is it fair to say it's fairly you as well? It's very me. It's very yeah. me. Um, and that's one thing that I. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm very sure that I, I haven't. I'm not crossing the streams with this ask advice stuff and the, the yeah yeah. I'll stand up days and now I actually do want to. You know. Yeah. I look at it. You know. It probably is funny and entertaining and, and, and just, you know, just just a bit of escapism to watch sometimes. But sometimes it'll be saying something real. And I, I've never given – I've been deliberately silly with some ask advice in the past. Mm-hmm. But it's, you know, but on the same time, I never say anything that I don't genuinely feel or think. Yep. Like I want it to be earnest. Yeah, 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 yeah of, sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. No, that's real. good. It's good. I'll keep yeah. going, mate. And 
I think it's great. It's great to follow, and, and I urge people to jump onto uh, Instagram. And I'm going to get the right handle here. So it's uh, it's it's at oh shit, my phone's just shit itself. It's, at, it's that, at that that moza. At that moza. Yeah. At that moza. So get on it because uh, all your answers. No, I won't say that. All your questions will be answered, but no, not quite. And and what are people just sending you their ask advice thing? Are they? Is that what's happening or? Yeah, like sometimes it's uh, often it's just a comment in a, on a previous video or they message me directly. Like I say, I'm very, very slow to check the messages because they're, you know, the internet's for some colourful people. Um, yeah. Some of whom are quite emotionally <laughs> needy. <laughs> but, you know, that's the best way to get my attention is whack at the comment on a video. Or, yeah, you know, beautiful. Or just, yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, mate, I'm going to let you go. And uh, this has been yeah. awesome. And I really appreciate your time um, for joining us on the podcast. It's, it's, been, it's been a great insight into the, the comic uh, side of, of you and, and, and the background and that. It's been fantastic. But um, keep doing what you're doing, mate. I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying that you're on Instagram now and we're able to follow you. And, uh, and again, jumping in with, with Aussie and, and doing more of that stuff too, because it's an absolute uh, pleasure to watch and listen to, mate. Oh, good on you, Lucas. It's been a real pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, mate.